Welcome to the House Church Podcast, where we talk about church as family. I'm Daniel Sams. And I'm Christy Sams. And this is the House Church Podcast. Welcome to the House Church Podcast. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back. So Christy and I are still on the late night cooking thing that she is doing, um, and I am helping by standing here and running tech on our recording. Mm-hmm. Um, so, But she's doing a wonderful job. It smells delicious, and plenty of people are going to enjoy this food and be happy. Um, so what we wanted to do tonight is take a little bit of time to talk about family worship. It's come up several times uh, on the podcast. It's an important part of ministry for us, and it's something that, um, that isn't always easy to do. Uh, so we wanted to just take some time and talk about family worship. Um, so, Christy, before we, d- we were doing family worship, could you kind of explain maybe what we were doing bef- before family worship? What were we doing to minister to our children? Sinning. I don't know. What you... <laughs> we were doing like we were. Likes to put me on the spot. We were praying with them before bed. We were teaching some catechism, verses here and there. So you're just but... gonna answer? <laughs> well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> well, you, you said you didn't want to answer, so. No, I just didn't know you were going with that. Yeah. Um, okay. We were trying to read age-appropriate Bibles. I mean, like yeah. the Bible, but like the children's storybook Bible and. All that. So we're trying to teach stories or accounts in scripture. Um, we we're trying to do some memory, Bible memorization. Mm-hmm. Um, we we're doing some catechism. Well, you were doing that mostly at bed mm-hmm. because you had it on your phone, and I'm not always home at night because I work a couple of nights. Um, but it did feel sporadic. Yeah, it was something we were doing every day, but not in a. It just seemed like it was bedtime, and it was bedtime is crazy and it was really difficult and so we were I would say we were being intentional but it wasn't going as well as we would have liked and it seemed like we'd gotten kind of through a certain number of catechisms kind of got stuck like it just didn't feel like it was cohesive and together and so I came across some teaching on family worship and I actually read the book Family Worship by Donald S. Whitney which I've mentioned a few times. It is a really short book. It is an easy, quick read, but it is full of really great stuff. It's inspiring. It's encouraging. It's practical. Everybody should go out and read this book. If you are a believer, um, you should read this book, and you should buy a copy, and you should buy actually several copies and give them away. And if you're not a believer, you should become one. Yes, that's true. Um, So what I wanted to do is kind of explain the difference. A lot of people will talk about family devotions, which is pretty similar to family worship. I would say we were doing devotions uh, as a family. Sometimes it felt like we were doing it individually with kids, but... Um, also different ages. Different ages. And levels of And levels of learning. So once I came across family worship, though, um, as a book, and started looking at what was happening uh, throughout the history of God's people when it came to family worship... And so I want to just take a minute really quickly and read from Deuteronomy 6, which is something we cite often related to family worship. Deuteronomy 6, beginning in verse 4, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, 
all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit down, or when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Uh, the idea here in Deuteronomy 6 is that the first great commandment, which we of course hear Jesus quote later in the Gospels, is hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, or with all your might, with all your heart, soul, and with all your might. Um, and then it goes into teaching kids. And so what we realized is, man, this was part from the from very, very early on, teaching the things of God to children in the context of the home, and not just in a set-apart time, but also in like regular activity, that as you go out, as you're walking, it's, you're writing it on the walls. The idea is God's Word is saturating all the way through. And so one of the things I came across in... Um, and family worship that I hadn't really all the way thought through, uh, but I'd certainly heard reference to, was the idea that you know people would go to temple sometimes only once a year, and that's not to say that there wasn't you know eventually synagogues. With we think they popped up at around 200 BC, but for a lot of the history of Israel, your primary place of worship was the home, um, and so the idea was you learned doctrine from your dad and mom. And so mom and dad would worship and teach and there was a whole process in the Sabbath and even daily that you were teaching things to your children at home. And so we're just looking at that and then we start looking throughout history. Um, it was a common practice. The reformers uh, practiced family worship. Um, even throughout uh, recent years, uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones was known for, uh, for doing family worship. In fact, um, I guess his, they called it family prayer, but I guess his wife said when she when he died, that was like the thing she missed the most was the time they had together. Spurgeon did family worship. Um, various other leaders, the English Puritans, Martin Luther, John Knox, family worship has been a part of Christian history as a way to really teach kids what it means to follow Christ, to worship God together, God's glorified around the table. It's a pretty special thing. So, um, let me ask you, Christy, um, what would you say is different now when we, when we do family worship? What is different about family worship from what we were doing before when it was more like a devotional thing at bedtime? I think it's more intentional. Mm -hmm. There's a plan, sort of, like, mm -hmm. there's like a little, routine A little bit more do. structure, yeah. Um, it's not like, crap, it's bedtime, we've got to hurry up and do this. Yes. So it's not rushed and like we're all just lounging around and our kids take forever to eat. So you have like a really captive yes. audience. Yes. <laughs> um, well, and yeah. we've, and dinner time has always been really important. Like we're always sitting down yeah. and we're teaching our kids to sit down even before we were doing this. And so you really, I think that captive audience is really um, important. I think... I don't know. We're adding more to it. Like we're worshiping, we're doing music, we're yeah. teaching music good music, part. like hymns and old mm -hmm. uh, praise courses that I used to sing in high school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
we get to practice our instruments, which is fun. Yeah. Like I've tried to do piano more and. So maybe we could talk about the structure because in family worship, they talk about three elements to family worship. Donald Whitney does. He says, you're supposed to read, pray, and sing. We read from the Bible primarily. It's not to say that we can't use catechism or something like that. But the primary, the obviously the authority is we read from the Bible, we pray, and we sing. And so the idea is that in family worship, we're doing all three of those things. Notably, that's really similar to what we do in house church. And so we tell people in the house churches that what you're doing at home around the table at family worship is like a mini house church. And then what's happening, if you are doing family worship well, you're equipping your family well, then your kids are going to be ready for church. And so they're not just going to be running around like crazy. Um, they're also going to say like, hey, I'm used to being a part of worship. Uh, they're not seen as somebody that's off in the corner somewhere or in another room or in something else. The idea is they're a part of it. And so all that's really important. Um, so could you maybe walk through, Christine, what do we normally do? Talk to us about like what's the structure look like in our home for family worship? Um, and then you walk out of the room. I, uh, <laughs> I don't, okay, so I don't actually do it all the time because I, I'm not here a couple evenings a week. Yeah. But I know we do, you start off with, what was your favorite part of today? And I think we try to do gratitude, like what is something you're thankful for today? Mm -hmm. And so we do that and then tied into that what is something we could pray for and we try to get each kid thinking about like is there something God can do for you is there something God could do for others mm -hmm. and that's always challenging because our kids like to pray for their toys yeah. and their babies and their <laughs> Gina, Gina will always say <laughs> my, baby my baby and my, my unicorn. unicorn and then she'll say her um, then she'll say for her Awana she likes Awana and school and mm -hmm. dance so like it's, but it's good I mean developmentally We've taught her to pray. You know, she started with the things that she really cares about, and now she's getting more social, and so she's thinking of the things she does in her day. And I think when you're teaching prayer, it's important to think, like, God cares about your day and the things that you go through, and so we're trying to teach her that. So she's doing that, and Micah is doing a good job with that, too, because he's developmentally probably around four or five years old, so he's mm -hmm. trying to do some of that. Yep. So anyways, we do that, and then we read yeah, the we Bible. We've we've been doing a little bit with Jesus story with a Jesus story storybook Bible. Bible because it's giving an overview of Scripture and pointing. I mean, it's very gospel focused. Which I would say I like that book a lot. I do not like children's Bibles at I, all. I, I like I like really that. don't, and because I think they're froofy. And, yeah. But I do like this one. So if you're picking one, I would say pick that one. If not, then like I really do want to get back to. I like the NIRV for early readers because they actually are turning in the Bible. So they're learning where the books of the Bible are. And this is something we're going to be doing in church and they need to know how to get to stuff. And they, I want them to know that these accounts are really in the Bible. Yeah. But the easier reader version, the NIRV, is actually the Bible. It's yeah. not like majorly paraphrased and stuff. Yeah. Um, anyways. Well, so. and, and it's worth pointing out when we use the Jesus Storybook Bible, we're we're using it as a way to teach an understanding. We still try to bring scripture in. Yes. That we're not we, we we explain you know the kids understand it. So yeah. then we're bringing in actual scripture. Like Hannah today was reading. Yes. I would like to do that more. Yeah. And honestly, I think there's been some tension for us because we can't engage our younger kids, and yeah. so that's why we've picked the Jesus Storybook Bible. But I think we need to 
actually tie in. Well, what we'll normally do is we'll do, um, I'll finish eating faster than the kids. And so I'll, we'll pray to open up and then we'll read from Jesus Storybook Bible as they're eating. And usually about the time that I'm done, hopefully they're finishing eating. And I'll actually use that time to go through our catechisms. And I try to make it a practice that one of the catechisms that we're kind of landing on, that we're focusing on, I read the passage that goes with that. So we're making sure we're actually getting the Word of God in there, even with our younger kids. As time goes on, we want to do, I would like to do pure from Scripture all the time. Um, we're trying to kind of communicate to the younger audience there while still bringing in plenty of Scripture. So there's some variation depending on where your yeah. family's at. Yeah. If your kids are older, like teenagers, they can probably handle it. Just like, And I would the have them reading the Scripture. Yeah. like, And then if you don't have kids, yeah. do this with your spouse or do this by yourself. I would say if all of our kids were where Hannah is at, she's nine, we would probably just be in Scripture. Yeah. Um, and... So, but then we use catechism. We're going through New City Catechism. Um, and I always tell everybody I really like New City. It's based on Westminster. So it's not my favorite catechism, but it's really good. And I'll just plan to skip over some of their stuff on baptism and hope that somebody makes an app for 1689 London Baptist Confession. <laughs> anyway. And then um, we sing. Or no, we pray. So we've done, we do some, some type of scripture. We'll normally do catechism um, in that time. And then we sing. And so we've actually printed up a tiny little bit of uh, pages that actually, I think it was Dan Beach, one of our elders, uh, he just took just like one or two verses from some classic hymns and put them onto papers that can be folded up and fit in your Bible. Um, so he has holy, 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 it is well, uh, trust and obey, victory in Jesus, great is thy faithfulness, nothing but the blood, blessed assurance. Um, amazing Grace and Doxology. Interestingly enough, our kids request Doxology <laughs> all the time. Like they always want to sing Doxology. We're getting ready to do. Um, we're learning. A mighty fortress is our God. What's the other one? Come thou fount. We sing Come thou fount often. Um, partially because that was one of the first ones I learned to play on the mandolin, and so we'll play mandolin. And I think it's really interesting, like, even though they don't know the word, because we don't give the kids the words. Two of our kids can't even read. Yeah. And um, I try. Sometimes I still have food in my mouth and I'm humming. Um, but even my our three-year-old is, is she four? She's four now. Oh, my gosh. I keep, she just turned four, like, I keep a couple weeks ago. I keep forgetting that. Yeah. Um, we, I see her trying to, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Nothing but the blood has been the newest request, you. and she'll for a while she was singing. What was it? <clears throat> Nothing but the mud. Uh, and oh, precious is my nose. Was no, it? <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's been really fun. But our kids are learning doctrine through the singing, as much or more than through the catechisms, which actually makes me say, be really careful what you sing with your kids. Be really careful what you sing in worship. I would even say, be careful where you take your kids to church. And what is being sung there? Because there's a lot of bad doctrine. Because uh, he was pouring out water in the sink. Sorry for the background noise. Um, there's a lot of bad doctrine being sung in a lot of churches that, unfortunately, people just think is true because it's part of worship songs. Jesus' love is not reckless. <laughs> right on. Um, so one of the things we're doing is trying to pick good songs. And um, 
Yeah, it's exciting. Now we're at a place where our son will just belt out nothing but the blood. And that's pretty cool. He's like, Dad, let's sing. I'll go get the yeah. guitar. Well, and so we've tried to make ways, more ways for them to engage. And so I'll normally play mandolin. Sometimes Christy plays piano. We're not virtuosos. And we do okay with, you know, singing a cappella anyway. Well, and then so, the kids get out their little shakers and their they yeah. have all kinds of We have little egg shakers and things like that. And they're and actually they, baby toys, so they're so not. So just get them out and shake them and... Um, they like being a part of it though and so one thing we'll say is every now and then they'll want to play their little instruments and not sing and so we make them sing like you've got to sing um, but well, we don't really make them. well we don't make them but we'll say like hey that's more important than you know playing your instrument um, but they engage and they enjoy it and then once we're done we close in prayer how long does it normally take honey for us to do family worship I don't know sometimes it feels like a long time <laughs> Thanks. When did you want me to talk about my feelings? Okay, in a second. Um, so <laughs> no, it doesn't have to take long. It it just it could take like would, ten minutes. I'd say it's ten to fifteen minutes. It can be a little longer if we kind of want it to be, but a lot of times ten to fifteen minutes for everything because we are dealing with small kids and probably as they get older, we do longer. Hopefully, would you tell me a little bit? Talk to our audience maybe a little bit about some of the mixed feelings that you sometimes have about family worship? Well, I kind of feel like you threw that on me too, but <laughs> I've said it before. Uh, but I will say that as the mom, well, there's a couple things. One, I work, um, I don't know, I don't know. My work schedule's weird, so sometimes I miss it. I'm not even here. The days when I am home, I'm rushing to get the meal ready, and it's usually that like crunch time, like everybody's starving, get the table cleaned off, get the table set up, get your drinks, get to the table, like, and it's just kind of chaotic, and then I sit down, and then it's like usually we've forgotten four things, so everybody's got to get up and get stuff and sauces and salt and pepper and forks and whatever, and we're trying to get over that and stop doing that, but by the time I sit down and eat, and I feel like I'm getting done eating right about the time you start. <laughs> and so I'm kind of like, I'm done, I want to go. So I will say that it's probably my own sin. <laughs> Don't look at me like that. No, it's all right. <laughs> um, like, I, I know that, and I'm, I'm probably speaking to a lot of other moms who probably think, like, mealtime is crazy, and I can't even imagine trying to do all this. So... I will say there's two sides of it. One is probably a side where I have to repent and um, just stop feeling what I'm feeling and get with it because I do value it. I think it's very good and I think the kids love it. I also think that the kids are watching how I handle it. So we have to be really careful what we're modeling. Um, but I also will say that we're not perfect. and. So I'm just going to be really honest and say well, that it, sometimes it's a struggle for me. Well, and sometimes we have where the behavior of the kids has been so bad. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to let that keep us from doing family worship. But I'm also not going to be like, and let's pretend everything's okay and sing right now. Yeah. So sometimes that's when we cut singing if we've got issues that we're dealing with behaviorally. Or one kid has yeah. to leave or, you know. And, yeah, and we have whatever. very real behavioral issues, yeah. especially with Micah that sometimes make it very difficult and but we're not letting that stop us from doing it because right. it's worth it it's been it has been wonderfully rich our kids are learning things they're seeing us worship God as a family and there is something spiritual that happens in our home when we do it like 
it's like this it I mean it's like clouds kind of move out of the, like it's like there's a breath of fresh air in the room um, yeah well and it's very encouraging to see them learning like especially the catechisms they're yeah. getting it um, even even Micah I know we talk about him a lot and um, we do adore him and he's wonderful and his behavior is a lot better um, there's a lot of good things with him yeah. um, but we're going over the Ten Commandments tonight and like he knows them and he he memorizes like he remembers like the rhythms of the words that you say and he I just think um, that's a huge encouragement so yeah. but I, I think the point is we I don't ever want to make it sound like we are perfect or we've got got it down yeah. or that our kids are all sitting down perfectly with yeah, no. Pastor Dan and no. learning deep <clears throat> theology. Like there are times where it's just like, I hate you all and Jesus loves you. <laughs> <laughs> there really is like times where Micah's running around, we're trying to get him and Jaina is fussing. Crying. And no one's eating. And Hannah's feel dr- Hannah feels dramatic, so she's crying at the table. And <laughs> yeah, and then I'm just like, we're gonna do this anyway! Um, so something that's maybe worth, uh, I'm gonna read from the book, uh, Family Worship, where uh, they talk about three things, three reminders. Uh, we talk about, like, three elements are read scripture, pray, and sing. Get those things in there. You've done family worship. But they also talk about, like, Brevity and regularity and flexibility are important. So keep it short, especially for the small kids. Um, don't feel like you've got to go on for an hour, that you're somehow more holy if you go a long time. Like, it might be 10 or 15 minutes. That's cool. That's still, that's good. Um, then regularity. Like, don't let things get in the way. Make sure you're doing it pretty much every day. We have days where, like, it's just not going to be able to happen because of what we're doing as a family or something that's going on at church but regularity like make it make sure it's something like five nights out of the week um regularity and then the last thing is flexibility you know it doesn't have to be around dinner um we do ours around dinner because it's maybe the best time uh it might be you do maybe you do it at bedtime maybe that works better for you but make it a regular thing um any other comments or questions from you honey about family worship don't think so. Oh, cool. All right. So here's what I would like to do. I would like to encourage everybody that this works. I'm talking to more pastors who are seeing good results, and people who I'm hearing about people who have grown up in in families that did family worship, and they love Jesus, and the kids follow the Lord. And it doesn't mean it's perfect in every time, but there is a very special thing that happens in this. So I'm gonna recommend it. It has been rich for our family. And I would say the overflow of this into our church has been really special. Um, we can't trust that they're gonna get everything they need to in regular church or in their Christian school or even in Awana or whatever. Um, it is our job to disciple our kids and family worship is a really good way to be doing that. One of many things that we should be doing, but a really good way to be doing that. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Hopefully this is helpful. And feel free to reach out. You can contact us through the website. Um, You can go to the contact form on undergroundseminary.net. Let us know if you have any thoughts or questions, and we'd love to even respond to some topics um, or answer some questions about family worship in so much as we know. I could even refer you to some elders that are doing it. So thanks very much, everybody. Talk to you later. Bye. Thank you.
Thank you for joining us for the House Church Podcast. The more positive reviews we get, the more iTunes will recommend us to other people searching for a biblical church family. Thanks for listening to the House Church Podcast. For more information, visit undergroundseminary.net.